Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for parents to share their stories about raising special needs children. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and Katie MD, and today we are so excited to bring you an inspirational mama and one of our dearest friends, Rachel Lack of Across the Spectrum, The Doc. Thank you so much for joining us, Rachel. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm great to be here. So Rachel, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and giving everyone sort of an overview of how you came to um, being a documentary filmmaker, and then we can elaborate on this project specifically. Yeah. Um, So I'm Rachel Lack, and I went to film school back 20 years ago, uh, I'm dating myself, but <laughs> 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, and, you know, I really loved um, film and being on a set, but I realized that I wanted to be on a smaller set. And I decided, you know, I saw a few documentaries and I thought this is something I would love to do if I could just touch one person with the documentary I do, um, that would be great. Like that would be worth doing a documentary. So um, back in 2008, I started um, a documentary called Activist Within and that was following becoming an activist for marriage equality. So that was my first documentary. And then I was doing another documentary about travel. But at the time that I was traveling, um, my son was diagnosed with autism. So then I went into starting a documentary about autism. So that's kind of the background of me. But yes, I've been doing this for um, 20 years. So Henry Mm -hmm. is, he just turned nine years old, right? Yes, he just turned nine um, beginning of November. And he got diagnosed when? Um, So he was diagnosed shortly before his third birthday in October, um, October 14th, 2014. And as I'm sure a lot of um, parents out there know the date and remember the date that their child was diagnosed. Um, And he was um, kind of like we knew he was going to be diagnosed. He hit all his milestones and then regressed at two. And um, then um, throughout the twos, he was still kind of, um, you know, looking at us and he was, um, he lost all his sound, all his words, but he was still kind of looking at us. And then the summer, that summer, he really went into his own little world. And that's when we really knew that, um, I mean, autism had already been kind of brought up to us. But that's when we really noticed because he went slowly into his own little world the summer before um, he was diagnosed. And that's when we decided we need to get the diagnosis. Um, And we knew it was coming, but until you actually hear the words, your child has autism spectrum disorder, you still think that maybe it's something else. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but yeah, we were, um, you know, so, yeah, he was diagnosed then. And that's kind of when I do the documentary um, across the spectrum was right before he was diagnosed, I was looking for 
um, documentaries about autism and I was only seeing documentaries of parents talking about it, the the diagnosis years after and nothing about a parent going through it at the time. So I decided to put the camera to me, interview myself the day before I was diagnosed, a few days after, and then I kind of did it once a month for the first year. Mm-hmm. I It's funny how you say you remember the exact date. Um, and I don't remember the exact date, but I remember exactly what I was wearing, what the doctor was wearing, who was in that room with me, and it felt like time stood still. And um, I was talking to my husband last night and this morning um, about your story and about us uh, um, having the opportunity to talk today. And I said, and Rachel recorded from minute one. What a blessing that is to other families because you do, you feel so lost and so alone because you think you're the only one going through this grieving process and through the sadness and through the confusion. And there's no sounding board if you look for it, but you found a way to provide that for other families. Yeah, and also, you know, when you, I'm six years into this diagnosis and talking back about the diagnosis, I'm a completely different person than I was six years ago. So I can get back into the kind of hurt and sad I was feeling, but not the way you do when you're in the moment. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm actually showing the parents, you know, it's okay to be a little sad, but pick yourself up and find the right therapy. You know, you're gonna have those sad and dark days, but also pick yourself up and help your child because the sooner you can get the therapy, the better it is for your child. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, how did you go about finding and choosing families for the documentary? Um, that wanted to share their journey as well. So I'm following um, eight other families right now, like closely following. And then I have a few other families that I follow here and there for different subjects. So six months into the diagnosis, I was filming Henry. And when you first get diagnosed, you don't get your child diagnosed. You don't really realize, like I didn't know much about autism. so. I realized that it's, it is a huge spectrum and just telling Henry's story is not going to do the justice, you know, so I needed to find other families who were different places on the spectrum. And so I went to, I found some um, parent autism groups on Facebook and one in Arizona because I wanted to be able to film kids in person. So I found um, five families in Arizona said that they um, wanted to um, wanted to be in the documentary and be filmed. And then I knew a friend who was in Massachusetts who I knew before her kids were diagnosed. And so she knew some parents, some moms in Massachusetts that would love to do it. So then I was Skyping with some families in Massachusetts and two of the families I haven't even met in person yet (laughs) I know them so well because I've been Skyping with them every six months so Mm -hmm. um, it was great to have and all of these kids were all around Henry's age Henry was um, three and a half so they were all around 
two, three, and I think the oldest was five when we started. And that was five and a half years ago. So they have grown a lot since then. Were the parents excited when you approached them with the project or were some of them apprehensive um, just because there are great days and there are really high highs, but there are also difficult days and low lows, um, especially now with, you know, pandemic schooling and therapies being halted that um, that's a tough um, part of your life to share, but it is an important part of your life to share. Yeah. I so. When I first approached everyone and the first time I filmed, I wasn't really sure what we were going to do with it. So I filmed them the first time and I realized that, um, you know, I always like documentaries and I love to see what happens next, what happened after the documentary. So, and a lot of them, they end and you don't know, it's been like 10 years and it's like, what happened to those in those 10 years? Did you get the right therapy? Did you, are, how, how are your kids doing? So after filming these families once, I, um, co- you know, I contacted them again. And I was like, you know what? I think this should be a series and we should follow the kids all the way up until they're adults. And I said to all of them, I go, we can film and show whatever you guys feel comfortable. If you want to show the bad days, we can do that. If you want to just show the good days and that's it. It's all up to you guys. I do not want to show anything they are uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, all of them were like, you know, we'll show whatever, you know, they, we haven't, we're not really going to show any like really bad, bad days or anything. You know, we want to show the kids growing and doing the therapy and and most of the times when we come to film the kids look forward to seeing us they love the cameras and a lot of them say can you come every day because they're doing the best they've ever done like they're showing off for us <laughs> right so um we have a lot of good stuff and so i i have given one of my um one of my families the boy is a little aggressive so i did give the camera to her to show like a day in the life because he is higher functioning and so he doesn't have an iep um and so the school doesn't really see what goes on at home and a lot of kids do their best at school and then they kind of let it all go at home and it's their safe place so he he can get aggressive at home. So I gave her a GoPro and was like, if you want to show the school what he's like, you know, because he might need an IEP, he might need those like sensory timeouts because he's holding it all in at school. So I, I may have some of that if she wants to put it in. But mm-hmm. again, it's all up to the parents and how comfortable they are of what they want to show of the day. So, right. When we, um, we started sharing in 2017 um, with Jackson and the day that I started my page was what I thought at that time was our most overwhelming day. Um, and I had said that I would never share about aggression um, because Jackson can read and I know that one day he will find um, this information about him and I hope that he um, understands that I did it from a place of love and to educate others and to find resources for him. Um, and with 
the um, change in school and the change in therapies, we have seen um, the aggressive behaviors at an all-time high. Um, and I chose this year to start sharing about that because I know so many other parents are going through that. And there's a shame that comes with aggression that shouldn't be there. It's not the parent's fault. It's not Jackson's fault. That is not him in those moments. It's just out of his control. Um, and it's hard, but it is important um, to share about. I would never um, film it and show it, um, like which I'm sure is you know, your apprehension as well. But um, to write about it and to talk about it after the fact, I do think is important because um, it's a part of autism for us and for so many other families. It, it is important. And Henry right now doesn't have the aggression he used to have, like when he was three, four, especially when his book, um, you know, his communication, he couldn't communicate as well as he can now. He has a talker, so he communicates great with that. He's still nonverbal, but he can communicate what he wants. And so when he was three and four, he did have meltdowns in public and he had, um, he would, he would bite and he would you know, show, you know, he's trying to communicate with us and can't tell. So there is one time that I was at a train park and I actually was filming the train, filming us on the train. And then um, we got off the train and um, I, Henry, when I was just by myself with Henry and he wanted to go to the playground that was at the train park. And by myself, I can't follow him on the, the, I couldn't follow him on the playground. Now he's much better, but at, at, he was four and he would kind of not pay attention and step off the playground. So I couldn't follow him. And so I, I was like, Henry, we have to go to the car. We're all done. And he, and I turned the camera off. Um, and he, I mean, he was little, so I could pick mm -hmm. him up, but he was like scraping my face and pulling my hair. And he was crying, you know, upset because he wanted to go to the playground and we got into the car. And then I turned the camera back on after, after the meltdown, after he was better. And I just talked about how I was feeling after the meltdown. So, mm -hmm. you know, I do have stuff like that, but I, I don't personally film Henry's meltdowns or anything, but I will talk about it afterwards, after mm -hmm. it happened and he was calm in the car seat. So I think that, so that's for me, that's okay. But I will, I will show whatever the parents are comfortable with showing. Absolutely. Um, so what is your um, favorite moment um, from the series that you have right now, the COVID series um, or across the spectrum? Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I think my favorite moment is when all nine of us were on a Zoom together and it was our first time all of us seeing each other from the Massachusetts moms and the Arizona moms um, seeing each other. And Gina was talking about Brendan's food issues and being so afraid of her the cookie that he really likes and it's the only cookie he'll eat and he only has five foods he eats and you know she was nervous about you know finding it and all of the moms after and it's in I think the third episode all the moms were like show us the picture here we're gonna find it we'll look for you you know all of them were like let me see 
and I will find it. Like even the mass mom, mass moms were like, we'll send it to you. We'll find it. And it just like, it just melted my heart because it shows how compassionate and how wonderful all these parents are and they understand and they, you know, we all know what each other is going through, even though our journeys are completely different, but we are, we're all going through the same and the same struggles in different ways. And so, and I think a lot of us have gone through the food issues and we're all worried about the food disappearing. And, you know, a lot of our kids like the box. And so the box changes, it's the same food, but if the box changes, they don't want it. You know, like there's those little things that people don't understand about our kiddos, you know, and even those one little change will give them anxiety and they won't want to eat it. So that was, that was my favorite. I just, it was just so warming. You know, I just, I, I almost teared up watching all the moms, you know, be like, we'll help you, you know, and that's just the way, the way it is with all the moms I've met. We're like, everyone wants to help each other and we all know what everyone's going through. So yeah, that was really heartwarming. I think that was a lot of people's fear. Um, we had that same fear as what are we going to stock up on um, for ourselves and what do we stock up on for Jackson? Because he's the same, he has a very limited diet. It's very brand specific. And um, if we don't have access to those, he just won't eat. Yeah. Henry had, Henry had food issues. He didn't chew until he was two and a half. So he had baby, he ate um, first best baby food until he was two and a half. And if we tried to switch the, you know, Earth's best carrots into Gerber's carrots, he would still know because of the taste. Like that's how much of the sensory it is for these kids that even like a different brand tastes different. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you um, have a series out on YouTube right now, the COVID series, correct? Yeah. Okay. And um, how did that change your plans for the documentary? I mean, I think you had to get really creative on um, how you were getting um, access to these parents and what they were going through. But I think it is such an important time that none of us are ever going to forget and having it documented and presented is so beautiful. Yeah, so we were working on, we've been um, filming for five years. We had been filming for five years and um, we were just starting to get ready to get the first season out. You know, we, I think we've done one or two episodes. They're not fully done, but we've been working on them. And then COVID hit and like we're all struggling. And so I realized I'm like, this is really important. We need to tell these parents' stories. We need to tell all of our stories about why, like we had Justine come in, our therapist come in four days, four hours a day. And I needed to tell people like, there is a reason that we have someone coming in our house. Like our families are struggling. Our kids are struggling with the routine. So we realized we needed to do that. Thank God for, I mean, we were Skyping. So then Zoom came and we started to Zoom with um, all the moms and I miss the in-person with with the kids, with the Arizona kids, because I, I always look forward to the six month updates. And I know the kids do too. We give them the camera 
and we let them film a little bit. I have two GoPros that I bring and then our big Sony camera. And so, you know, we love the interaction and the kids really look forward to seeing us. And so it's a little different to be seeing them on Zoom, but it's important. So I, you know, interviewed everybody um, on Zoom. Um, and then I decided, you know, we really were just focusing on the US and I wanted to see what other countries were doing. So I found um, five moms from other countries to Zoom as well. And that's the nice thing about Zoom is you can talk to people all over the world. So um, I interviewed people and that's gonna be episode four is gonna be our international episode. But we had to get this out. We had to get these series out because it's important for people to know what's happening now. So that was a little bit different for us because we're not used to working so quickly. It's just Annie and I, um, my producer, editor, um, and she is a camera girl. So it's only two of us. And, you know, I have a busy life with Henry and, you know, trying to edit as well. So, you know, it's a little bit slower, but we're working hard on episode four. So it's been every couple, every two months we've been putting out an episode. So, um, but yeah, it's different. Um, but we need to um, get this out. We need to let the people know what's going on. And I've heard from even family members and friends of friends that they didn't realize what our lives were like. And, you know, I don't necessarily show everything. So it's nice to show that and have a variety of different moms talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Our biggest thing was um, we were so used to a routine of Jackson went to school and I went to work and then my husband had to work from home and then Jackson's school shut down and then our therapists weren't able to come. So it was, um, we were used to being at home because we didn't do a lot of things in the community. We did some, but Jackson wasn't able to do a lot of things all the time. So it wasn't that, it was the halt in services um, and the disruption to Jackson's schedule that was really the biggest shock to our system, I think, um, when you know we got shut down in March here. Yeah, for, for Henry, he's an only child and he wasn't always um, social. Uh, when he first went into his um, own little world, he didn't play with kids his own age until about almost five when he went into a, a center um, for autistic kids and he just exploded, his socialness exploded with other autistic kids. And he loves to play with kids his own age. And so when we went into lockdown, we didn't see any kids his own age. He has friends that like, I know he misses. And so that was really tough his routine and not having the services, his school was really hard, but I think for him not being able to see kids his own age was really hard and it was the socialness for him and, you know, not being able to go, because Henry actually is really good about going out. He likes to go out in public. We would take him to the grocery store just to get him out for like an hour. He loves it. So he, being stuck at home <laughs> it 
was was a shock for him. So mm-hmm. we were kind of the opposite with that. And and again with routine and stuff, it, it's hard. And I, I the whole time I was like, he's the loneliest only child. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even realize until you are stuck at home. So. Mm-hmm. Um- one of your videos um, in the past couple of months has been showing Henry's therapist working with him on his AAC device. Mm-hmm. So I was curious if you had any um, advice for parents who may be new to this and that's the avenue that they're looking at and kind of how your um, perception of communication has changed um, with Henry and having access to technology for that purpose. Yeah, um, we. Uh, we absolutely love his AAC device. Um, we call it his talker. And I would recommend any parent um, try and, you know, Ari- the state of Arizona paid for ours. And if you're in Arizona, and I'm not sure about other states, I think there's um, programs that, that you can apply for to get it. But as soon as you can, I suggest you do it. And we were really, you know, you're always worried because you want your child to talk and you think that if they have a device, it's going to stop them from talking. But that's not like any communication is important. And I'm still haven't like he's nine and nonverbal and I still am pushing for words. And he has a um, speech therapist that come that he sees twice a week and she pushes for vocals. But we also focus on his device because he's now at an age where he should be able to like talk in sentences and he's really starting to bloom with that. And really for me, it's like any communication is what I want. He can now tell us his wants and needs and he, you know, he'll say, mama, can I watch TV and he'll pick whatever movie he wants to watch. Right now it's Polar Express or Toy Story 3, but it's amazing that he, and he will say, mama, can I watch TV Polar Express on his talker? And it's just amazing to watch him. And those, (laughs) those devices have so many buttons and these kids are amazing at how they can go through all the pages and find the right button to press because it like I just look at it and there's so many to go through just to find if he wants to say cat he has to go to the groups page and then he has to go to the animals page and then he has to go to the pets page and then he finds the cat button you know he has to press all of these things in order to say one word so it's pretty amazing what they can do with that and we're going to we're starting to teach him to type I think that's the next step and everyone thinks he's ready and I think that's amazing because everyone's like he can read and I'm like what he can read <laughs> like you, you know it's like it's amazing what your kids can do if you give them the right thing to communicate or do you know it's just mm-hmm. amazing to see him blossom like that and I'm like all right he can read so let's start typing you know and you know we know he he ha- he knows his alphabet we know he knows his numbers but sometimes it's motivating him to do that so mm-hmm. he can be a little stubborn boy 
and not want to, you know, not want to show you which is the A. And we know he knows it. It's like we know, but you have to motivate him in the right way. So his speech therapist is amazing, Dina, and she's great with, and he loves her. So she's able to like motivate her really, motivate him really well. So it's great to watch. But I recommend anyone who thinks that their child is ready. I think, I think two, three-year-olds could do a device. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love how you say um, that he's starting his sentences with mama. He's not only telling you what he wants, but he also wants to gain your attention. And I think that's wonderful. Yes. He um, recently, we've been trying to teach him to come and get us because a lot of times he'll just start typing on his talker wherever it is. So it's in another room. Well, we can't hear him, but he thinks if he types it, we're going to hear him. So we're trying to teach him now, like, I can't hear you. You have to bring it to me. And so now he's actually bringing in his talker, like touching me, like looking at me and then doing it. And I'm just like, that's amazing. And my parents are here last week and he was asking them, whoever was in the room, he was asking. And I just was like hearing him say, Baba, that's my dad's name. Uh, Grandpa name is Baba. And he'll be like, Baba, can I watch TV Toy Story 3? And it's just great for my parents to hear him call their names in any way, even if it is a talker, but he's asking them. So that was really, that was tearing me up too, that he he was telling my, asking my parents. So it was nice. That's wonderful. So what, what do you hope um, that a parent after watching one of your episodes or watching the documentary um, reaches out to you and says or thinks to themselves or shares with someone else from watching all of your work and these um, beautiful families who are willing to share their stories? So I, I just, I'm just hoping that we can um, touch a new family that is on the verge of thinking about getting their child diagnosed like they've heard autism but they don't really want they don't want really want to get their child diagnosed and I want them to see this and think you know what we need to it doesn't what I would tell parents is it it's not going to change your child the diagnosis is the same they're the same as they were yesterday but you know what today now you can get them the help and you can start them on the journey to get the therapy that they need to learn how to communicate and learn in this world because they learn differently and you need to teach them how to learn in this world. And so um, I would hope that people will see like getting the diagnosis early is important. Early intervention is so important. And from people that don't have um, autism in their family I've been getting so many my my husband's family has been sending it out and like friends of friends of my mother-in-law has been like contacting them and saying these COVID series have completely changed how I feel one of them said I'm gonna now look at parents in like grocery stores differently like when their child is having a meltdown or something they aren't they're going to maybe help 
instead of staring. So like some of these notes that I've been getting have been like I've been tearing up from them because I like at first I'm thinking maybe we should just help the community, but now we're actually spreading it out and people that don't have autism in there are learning from this. So it's been great to get these notes from people that I've already been getting notes and they've been wonderful. So that's amazing. I think just like um, you said, somebody had mentioned that they would um, show more compassion for someone in the grocery store when they see their child having a hard time. I can think of so many instances where if one person would have said, how can I help you? It could have changed my entire day in that moment. Um, because you think that people don't understand or that people are um, looking at you and thinking your child is just having a tantrum, which is not the same thing as a meltdown. And having one person say, how can I help you, could change a mom's life. Yeah, even if even if the mom says like, oh, I'm, I'm handling it okay, just knowing that somebody is not judging them in the crowd is great too. Because I know sometimes like, Again, Henry has not had a bad meltdown in public in a while. So, and he was always, he's always been little. So I've always been able to handle him. But um, knowing that these people that are watching us aren't, you know, judging me as a mom is, is great. Just so that people say, you know, I can help you. Just knowing people want to help is, is a good thing. Absolutely. Um, so is there anything um, else that you would like us to know about the documentary? I think sharing where we can find it is so important. Um, we mentioned it a couple times, but I would love to have you share that again so that people know where to find you all over social media and where to watch um, this series unfold. Yeah, so we, um, I've been putting up the um, COVID series episodes we've done one, two, and three, and it's up on our YouTube channel, and that's Pearling Place Productions. Um, that is my um, production company. And um, you can also follow um, us on um, Instagram, and that is also Pearling Place, is the um, our Instagram. And then you can follow us on Facebook, and it's Across the Spectrum, The Doc is our Facebook page. And, um, you know, we, we were going to be working on episode four and then episode five will be a conclusion with all of the moms that we have filmed in episode one, two, and three. And then we're going to be working on uh, season one. So we are um, <laughs> in the throes of it, which is great. Um, but we just would love to have people watch it and comment and, you know, we want to know what you guys think of it. Um, what, what episodes I would love to hear from people to, to know what would you like to see in an autism series? Um, what questions would you have had as a newly diagnosed parent? Or if you are thinking about getting your child diagnosed, what questions do you have? And maybe these are things that we can put in the first season, because the first season is going to be about the first year of um, getting a diagnosis, like within the first year. So um, I would love to hear from others and the other questions that you guys have for me. 
Perfect. So I will um, make sure I put where they can find you in the description of the video, especially so they can watch the episodes on YouTube and hit that subscribe button to help yeah. um, make sure they get notifications as all of your um, episodes are released. Great. That would be perfect. Well, Rachel, thank you so much um, for taking time out of your day and sharing with us. Um, I love talking to you and I think it's just so fascinating um, the work that you're doing and it's so important and um, I hope that it helps another family who here who's listening. Thank you so much, Amanda. I love talking to you too. And yeah, I hope that um, it can, you know, if it can just touch one family, then I've done my job and that's Absolutely. all I hope for. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Rachel. And we will talk to you all again very soon.